As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, all you fine listeners. It's me, Eric Corrine. Here with bells on <laughs> to chat to you on Jurassic Pod episode seven. With me, as always, is my friend, my colleague, uh, my my pal, uh, <laughs> ra- basketball aficionado, Holly McKenzie. How are you, Holly? I, I was waiting to see how long you could make that go, and I wasn't sure if I was excited that you kept adding things to 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 um introduce me or if it was gonna go to a place where i was like uh <laughs> yeah well i don't you know i, I, I was I like he said all the good things it, now is he gonna start saying bad anyway um, hi <laughs> yeah, yeah my my problem my fellow my problem sleeper <laughs> like, like is that where you uh, I don't know. I don't have a ton of bad things to say to you. Like occasionally tardy, uh, like occasionally maybe. Occasionally tardy. But, yeah, but that's fair. The, that's annoying. Yeah. It's an annoying. Yeah. Well, I have baggage with that, uh, but that's not yours in particular. <laughs> this this comes from uh, you know my mother basically, who was frequently late and always like if she was picking me up, she's like the traffic was bad. Except she's like she's taking the same route every day and the. <laughs> Like, that's always, it's like, the traffic wasn't bad. The traffic was normal. You just leave 10 minutes late. <laughs> I actually do that, too. I'm really bad at realizing how long it's going to take to get somewhere. Um, yeah, like, if But you we're really just same... getting into it, hey? Two minutes in. My, growing up, my mom was yeah, late let's, to pick let's me Let's get up. my... Uh my therapist on here uh oh no she retired and left me too um ah, <laughs> that, that happened in june it's all fine guys uh the toronto raptors speaking of all fine um 11 and 13 and on a two game winning tr- streak it's two in a row i think that's the third time this year they've won multiple games in a row if i if i'm not mistaken um it definitely no, feels it's only the second time because they won five in a row, and now no. they've won three in a row. No, they. The others might be singles or two in a row. Anyway, ah, you just confused me so much. Um, who cares? They're eleven and thirteen. They've won two in a row. Yes, they're thirteenth on offense. And get this, Holly, 
They are out of the league's bottom third in defensive rating, sitting high and mighty in 20th spot overall. I'll remind you that between 21 and 30, there are 10 teams, which means them on the bottom end of the second third of the league. And that is what we call progress. Yeah, that happened real fast, hey? After the way it was going to start this road trip, or to start this homestand, after that road trip, which the defense wasn't anywhere, um, I wouldn't have expected that. So, yeah, I was just going to say um, two wins in a row. It definitely feels like more than that somehow. <laughs> like, I think it was such a bad stretch um, that those two wins really, it feels like it's been a great week and a half. <laughs> Yeah, well, the Memphis game, they also, like, <clears throat> played a good defensive game. And yeah, that's true. So that it at least stopped the tide of, like, the painful way they were losing. Um, no, yeah, instead it was it. just they lost the... in a new painful way. <laughs> instead it was just the... the Dylan Brooks Bowl. <laughs> yeah, they lost in a predictable painful way. Like, that, that's sort of how I started my story uh, last night, and, and this is a good way to ta- talk about the defense, which I think is the biggest story over the last... Uh, since we recorded the last episode, um, you know, if, if you were to say before last night that the Raptors were 13th in defense and 23rd in offense before the <laughs> year, you'd be like, well, what the hell's happening with the defense? That sounds right on the offense, but what's, what's happening with the defense? Instead, they were 23rd defensively yeah. now, as I already mentioned, 20th. And, you know, caveats... Um, about the schedule, uh, Memphis without Ja Morant, Ja, ja Morant, Ja Morant, <laughs> uh, Milwaukee without, I can't believe I had Ja Morant and Giannis Antetokounmpo coming up and I screwed oh. up Ja Morant. Um, <laughs> Memphis without Ja Morant, Milwaukee without Giannis Antetokounmpo and Washington, who despite a good record, were are a bottom third offensive team in the league. And the Raptors held them all below 100 points, yeah, uh, which is, you know, pace and all that. That's not necessarily a catch-all number. Uh, over the last four games, so I'm including a pretty bad Boston game, uh, that would be this homestand in which they are currently 2-2, two and two, a mm-hmm. 102.6 defensive rating, obviously a huge improvement. Still getting crushed on the defensive glass, although not against Washington. Still giving up a ton of free throws um, that did happen against Washington. Uh, Seventh highest turnover percentage for opponents, uh, which is, you know, maybe not as high as we thought, but certainly, you know, along the lines of of what we thought we'd uh, see from this defense is, um, I guess... Start. Let's start here. What to you <laughs> stood out about how they're playing defensively over the last few games, other than, you know, the opponents that I mentioned? Yeah, uh, it's been interesting to see because I feel like for so long we've talked about injuries and if everyone can just get healthy and if everybody can just get on the same page and... Obviously, the injuries are still there. They're evolving. <laughs> uh, Gary Trent it's was fluid. out. He's, it's a fluid he's situation. <laughs> he's, Sometimes he's it's back. fluid in the knee, but it's a fluid situation. Oh, wow. That was good. That was good. <laughs> About a not good situation. Yeah, Cam Birch is uh, still sidelined with swelling in yep. that knee. With Mysterious fluid. Uh, <laughs> um, but I do think that we're starting to see um, some of those pieces kind of 
play the way or have the impact that maybe we had thought um, to start the season. I think that Precious has been really good the past couple games. Um, I know he's had a really up and down start to the season, um, but just like it feels like the energy and the hustle um, that he plays with is kind of starting to win out or balance out a bit. Um, he's been, you know, he's just, and, and I feel like when he does have those big defensive plays, it's at a moment where like momentum is like changing for the Raptors, which has been awesome to see. Uh, Utah coming back has been a huge help. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about him individually a bit later. Oh, on. we sure will. <laughs> uh, I think he's our favorite topic to talk about in terms of players on this team because he's just a delight. Um, but yeah, I think Pascal has been really good um, these past few games. Um, and also, Chris Boucher looked as the best he's looked all season, I think, um, against the Wizards on um, Sunday. Wow, forgot what day it was. Uh, and I think the biggest thing with Chris was just like his his timing and and the flow of the game. Like he just looked like the Chris that we've seen before, which was really good. Uh, for sure. And, you know, I want to touch on all of that, but just to hammer home the defense, what's been interesting for me is, you know, I was watching the Raptors 905 game this morning, uh, and as they came back from a 20 to zero deficit to start the game, <laughs> the, it's, you, you could make the own joke about Raptors 905 being out in Toronto uh, too late because uh, they really <laughs> did give up the first 20 points of the game to the Capital City go-go before winning 120 to 113. Um, but they were playing the type of defense that we sort of expected from the Raptors proper this year. And they were creating a ton of turnovers, mm -hmm. but when they weren't creating those turnovers, it was sort of what we saw earlier with the Raptors uh, this season. You know, a lot of open threes, uh, poor transition, getting beat down the floor. Um, and that sort of, you know, that sort of chaotic defense is what I sort of expected to be the Raptors calling card, both when it succeeded and when it failed this year. What stood out to me, and I, I noticed it, and I asked Nick Nurse about it specifically uh, against Washington, but also in general over the last few games, is like, it's the little things. It's like communication being better. It's Scotty Barnes and Precious Achua mm -hmm. just communicating when they're switching and when they're not. I thought like for all, you know, before last night, uh, Scotty Barnes, or, or Sunday night, Scotty Barnes was 10 for 21 from three, and we can focus on that or not. But I thought last night against the Wizards was actually his most impactful game uh, I've seen in a while, uh, just in terms of the little things he was doing on defense and, and making sure he's in the right place. And if he's not in the right place, uh, at least communicating that he wasn't so the defense could respond. Uh, and... I think that's where we have to remember all the conversations we had about Scotty Barnes' minutes and the reps he was getting and how he looked exhausted sometimes. But hey, maybe they're paying off now <laughs> with him, like, knowing where, like, you know, it's not like a block shot brigade or a ton of steals, but he's just making the sound play more often. And I think that goes for the team as mm -hmm. a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that especially last night you really saw that with Scotty uh Pascal and, and Precious um and and it's not the same situation as Scotty but again with Precious I just feel like things are starting to 
click. It's, they're just coming a bit easier. Um, you know, there's still going to be mistakes and there's still going to be moments where he's taking the ball up in the open court and you're like, ah, where are we going? Where are we going with this? But in terms of the things that we knew that these players could do um, defensively, individually, I feel like, yeah, communication is a big thing. I hadn't really... That wasn't something that, like, super stood out to me last night. I guess I just wasn't really, like, thinking about that. Um, yeah. But just as a whole, um, yeah, that certainly would help make make the the whole unit function better as each as each player is kind of getting better at playing their own individual position and role. Yeah, I thought Precious, I think Precious has been a lot better, you know, on defense, especially. Uh, Maybe part of that is, you know, being healthy and knowing they're going to need him for, you know, 26 to 30 minutes a night, that type of thing, as long as Kem Birch is out. Uh, Some, you know, silly mistakes still happening. And it's funny, uh, I was talking to a player about another player uh, who who I'm sort of doing his top 75 uh, entry for on The Athletic uh, coming up. Uh, and you can subscribe to The Athletic if you'd like, uh, theathletic.com. Uh, it's Look a how website. smooth that sounded. It, it's, a, it's a good webbed site. Um, <laughs> but the thing he told, uh, the thing the second player told me about the player on the list is that he had already made, like when he passed him the ball, uh, when the great player passed the role player the ball, uh, the decision had already been made for the role player by the great player. It's just like, if you get the ball from me in transition, take two steps and go up. You don't have to look up at the floor. You don't have to read anything. If I'm passing it to you, you know what to do. And I think that's sort of what I would say about Precious Achua when he gets it on the roll <laughs> from, from like Fred Van Vliet. Because most of his offensive mistakes are, you can see, they're like overthinking. He's, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. it was against Milwaukee when he like went up and came down with the ball because he saw something out of the corner of his eye. I think he's actually like not that he has the greatest touch, but he's pretty fluid when he when he just goes up uh, when he goes straight up after catching. And I'd like to see that a bit more from him. But other than that, I think he's looked pretty good. Uh, the guy who's you know maybe making the most positive steps right now, Pascal Siakam. Uh, I think he's played 15 games in total now, uh, possibly 14. But in his last eight, he's now averaging 22 points, (coughs) 7.5 rebounds, 3.3 assists on uh, 49, 36, 77 shooting. Uh, And he had a big one, thanks to his niece peeing on him, apparently. Uh, 31 points, including 24, in the first quarter, or first half. He had 17 in the second quarter, went deep into the P-Skills bag for a few of those. Um, uh, It was the second time I saw that sort of confidence this year, along with the game against Sacramento, Mm -hmm. where he was just taking... It's funny, I have Raptors in 30 on my TV, and he just, you know, did a little shake, shimmy, and turn around, which is exactly what I meant, and... how how has Pascal yeah. looked to you? I, I mean, Washington was a high point, but I think Washington is his, a high his, point his, for Pascal. Yeah, his floor is leveling <laughs> off. I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I I realized, sorry, that I just kind of went all over the place and named a bunch of things that have been good. When you ask me specifically, about it's good. It gives us a nice, it gives us a nice <laughs> but, gr- groundwork that we can touch on. But as, they were things we in my head us. that I was like, okay. Anyway, uh, Pascal. Yeah. Uh, 
first of all, mentioning the quote about his niece, his two-month-old niece who um, peed on him when he when he picked her up. That's a great quote. But my favorite part was when he mentioned that I, I had lots so- of vol. I had lots of uh, follow-up questions, none of which I asked. About well, my that, favorite part was when he mentioned like, like his brother has this you know newborn baby, his niece, and she's so fragile, and he's like almost scared to pick her up. I just thought that was such a cute, um, telling part of the quote that kind of got glossed over in favor of everyone, you know. <laughs> looking at that because I thought what a sweet you know you look at you look at professional athletes and they're generally like you know these super tall strong athletic superhuman beings and then just with this little baby in front of him um he melted the way that we all do I thought that was really well I can relate like anytime somebody asks me to hold a baby I'm just like no I, I like I don't want to be responsible for this and Anyway, uh, <laughs> it like it's not like, like I've held babies. We're learning so it, it, much about you today, Eric. It, it's pretty like it always. I'm always scared. I'm not really okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't know. I've been like babysitting since I was like 11. So yeah, yeah. That's what happens in small towns, I guess. <laughs> they when you were 11, they let you with like a baby, baby, or like a three year old. Uh, first time I was with like a baby baby was probably like, like regularly babysitting a baby baby. I was probably like 14 or 15, but like, yeah, toddlers. Like when I was, I think I first started when I was 12. I think I took the babysitting class when I was 11 and I scored a perfect score on it. I remember that was a big deal. Like I was so proud of that. If you still remember it, it was obviously a big deal. It was a huge deal. I remember like it being a huge thing. Um. But anyway, anyway, yeah, babies. That was really that was a really uh, sweet part of the um, of the quote. But I think, yeah, Pascal, I, I mean, we saw it a bit last week just saying he looked more comfortable. I think you're really seeing that now and you're kind of seeing like the reward of him just playing his game. Um, he just looked really happy, especially against the, the Wizards. I mean, I guess when you're scoring 24 points and a half, you're going to look happy. But just like all of his spin moves, just how like. Like you were talking about Precious, sometimes maybe thinking too much. I think the thing that we have seen with Pascal the past couple games is exactly that. He's not thinking it too much at all. He's just playing his game. And getting it, seeing him get to the line that much and be that aggressive was really positive for me. Like I think that was really one of the biggest things that stood out to me is, okay, Pascal's good. Like he's playing his game. He feels good. And yeah, like I think I – th- think that 12 free throws was like the high for high for his season but high for the raptors player season has anyone i mean the only other candidate is right is fred and it wouldn't be fred Um, so that would be a high for uh, we we can check that at some point but if it's not high the high it was damn close i mean uh and those free throws really carried the raptors Mm -hmm. early on offensively because even though they let up (laughs) uh, only 12 points they only scored 23, and without those free throws, it, it might have been, you know, Pascal was one for six in the first quarter. It was going to be hard sledding, yeah. and and he kept them going with those free throws. It allowed Fred Van Vliet to sit at the end of the first quarter, which has been a rarity. And, and I, that's the last thing I want to touch about on about Siakam, is he had a ton of foul trouble. He had five, five, mm-hmm. and six in the previous three games. Uh, I think he only finished with three against the Wizards, none early on. And 
you know, that was part along with a great bench effort, which we're going to get to here, of Fred Van Vliet being at a, a season, not low, but his second <laughs> lowest total in minutes this year, 33 and change. His lowest was against Sacramento. So when Pascal Siakam is deep in his bag, Fred Van Vliet doesn't play much. Is there a correlation there? I would suggest yes. I mean, there's certainly a correlation. Is there causation? Um, at least slight, I would say. Yes, there, there, there there's is. something minor going on. Um, Pascal's good. And <clears throat> you'd like to see those performances, those dominant performances of him reading well in the post, of him facing up and knowing where he's trying to get to a bit more. There's still work to do on his... You know, his jumper, I would say, is not where everybody would want it to be quite yet. But he's he's starting to, in addition to put up numbers, impact winning in the way that uh, I think Raptors fan, fans have hoped. Yeah, been... if you if you have any criticisms for Pascal Siakam this week, you're just a jerk. So let's just get yeah. that out there. I'm not sure we're going to get to a whole segment on Fred. He continues to be very good. Uh, you did want to mention oh. <laughs> uh, a moment with him against the Bucks, uh, which the Raptors nearly found a way to lose by giving up a six-point possession, uh, almost. Uh, who was it that missed a three? Pat Connaughton missed a three in the corner that would have given the Bucks oh, the Oh, I thought lead. that was going down. Like, of I, course you every did. Every part of me was yeah. like, here we go. But I will say, as much as we, as much as we don't want to get into like officiating, those... Fouls. That was a weird game. <laughs> the fouls at the end of that game, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, as as John Schumann said to me, and let's not get into the weeds too much, but like uh, Precious Achua got called the, to, to rewind. The Raptors failed to secure a, a, free, a missed free throw twice in a row. And once was on a Precious Achua sort of face uh, guarding or like turning around and... and you know, boxing out on the front instead of with his behind on Bobby Portis. Um, old oil spill, as I like to call him. <laughs> BP oil spill. Um, and that's going to be called every time when you have your front to another player and are sort of in a handsy battle. The defensive player usually gets called for that. Anyway, there were a number of uh, calls that way uh, late in the game and, and Scotty Barnes yeah. finally <laughs> secured the win by tapping the Raptors own missed free throw back to I believe get Van Vliet uh, his arm just throws. extended and extended yeah. and extended on that play it was like the most amazing non-scoring or defensive play you know what I mean like it was yeah, such a yeah. random he has a knack for that though he yeah. he finds his finds a way to get to loose balls uh, and or or rebounds in this case uh and so the raptors led by four with the bucks having the ball with nearly no time left which uh brought you to a favorite moment yeah on the broadcast it was showing the um i don't know i don't know if you saw this or not i heard about it okay yeah (laughs) yeah they were showing the the bench and fred was like had the guys around him and he was so emphatic with his hands i'm doing it right now so if you hear movement in the background of this mic, it's me moving my hand as I pretend to be Fred Van Vliet. Wow, I wish I was Fred Van Vliet. Uh, and he was screaming to his teammates. And again, here we go again. How do I always end up in positions where I have to swear? And he said, don't blank. F- fucking. Ooh, spicy. Don't fucking move. Don't 
fucking move. <laughs> it may have been foul, but I like some people reported it as foul, but I think it was move, basically meaning like do not do anything that could chance them calling a foul on you, especially with the way these past couple of minutes have gone, because I have worked too hard this game. <laughs> we yeah. have worked too hard this game to uh to not win this game. So yeah, yeah I was there, it was awesome. There was no four point shot yet in the NBA. <laughs> it was just a perfect uh, Fred moment. It'll it just, probably like, be in the G League next year, but <laughs> yeah. not yet in the NBA. It just perfectly like encapsulates like Fred, the leader, the person, just like saying exactly what everyone is thinking. And yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, he's good. He's awesome. Uh, we'll That's talk all. about him a lot more in episodes to come. There's just not much to add at the moment. Um, what we got finally, and, and this was the other thing that contributed to uh, Fred Van Vliet's minutes being down on Sunday, Ooh. was a, just an all-around solid bench performance and i want to start with yuta watanabe because i also want to start with yuta watanabe uh, i just i just think the dude is you know reliable and rock solid mm-hmm. uh in his in the six games since he's returned and full disclosure he didn't play in the pacers blowout um the, the loss to the pacers which helps this stat obviously he is a team best plus 24 um and you know, small sample mm-hmm. size. It's obviously not all Utah, but uh, I said it in the comments of my story to somebody. Like, he almost feels like, and you saw it when, when Pascal Siakam fouled out. He almost feels like the extra starter mm-hmm. right now. And, like, his minutes don't reflect that necessarily because they're still being careful with it. But you can very much tell he is the guy that mm-hmm. after the starters, and maybe even ahead of some starters, if you know <laughs> what I mean, that Nick Nurse trusts the most. And he should. I, there's just, he doesn't make mistakes. He knows his own game. He knows his teammates so well, whether that is a product of just watching that, studying them on his own or watching them during his time on the sideline. But he... He always, or not always, because no one is perfect, not even Utah, but he almost always makes the right play, the play that he should on both ends of the floor. And yeah, like it's just, he makes sense on, he makes sense. Like I just trust him out there with basically any lineup of, uh, of players. So I totally get why, why Nick feels that way. And it's just awesome to like you said, have another player that you kind of know if someone's in foul trouble or if the team's playing badly or you need a boost or you even just need to have someone out there to just like help calm things down. Like if you've had like craziness happening, he's really steadying, which is it's kind of crazy to say that about a player that is has only played in six games and that isn't playing isn't you know a starter who and and also like moves a a ton. Like he's yeah he's not like a slow it down player he yeah uh, extremely you know, active Nick, yeah. yeah no he's but been it's awesome like, like it's it's mindful activeness let's 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 create a new term to a mindful activity yeah well you know the the wooden quote like never mistake activity for achievement yeah. mindful activeness those kind of go hand in hand don't they yeah yeah that's um, utah utah's very mindful i like that um he's been great i'm so happy he's back there's not much to add i I think we both thought that he should be in the rotation once he got back and uh he is certainly establishing that 
roll again and let's just hope he stays healthy and, and stays productive yeah, and, and sure. when Siakam went out I think with his fifth foul against the Bucks, uh he knocked down a three and it wasn't mm-hmm. an easy three either mm-hmm. I, I want to say and that's maybe the most important area of development is like whether he's the fifth option as he will be in some like starter heavy lineups or he's like the second or third option in some bench heavy lineups like he's really attacking his opportunities he's, he's not been shy um even with putting the ball it's not just taking the shot when it comes to him he's putting the ball on the floor a little bit not as a primary creator but as a guy who's attacking a closeout or something like that and these are things we saw last year and uh we'll see a bit more and I, we're looking to just see in more quantity right now I, he's, he's i been, feel like yeah. last year though he like nick would often remind him like i want you to do more i want you yeah to t- and, and it seemed like he, he was, was getting a little the Scotty still Barnes, like the Scotty yeah, and, treatment. <laughs> and Utah was kind of like feeling it out. Like, does this guy actually want me to do these things? You know, and well, yeah, uh, this- and sorry, it's like a similar place as Barnes, who's like the sixth man slash playing <laughs> in a point guard role last year, and, and like thrives on being a good teammate and Mm -hmm. so often when we think good teammate we think you know pass the ball get the next guy involved but sometimes it's really making sure the offense doesn't stall out and taking the opportunity that's there yeah and I think with Nick especially like a lot of players talk about when they first come here and he's telling them like you have the green light like if it's a good shot if it's your shot if you're open like just take it I think it does take a bit of time to like believe that in a way if you're coming from playing a different or a smaller role but I think you're really seeing that with Utah like you mentioned it's just really great to see he's a delight Uh, and his headband is incredible yeah the the headband hair combo um it's I perfect. got some jealousy there. Uh, Chris Boucher, 14-8. and eight. Uh, I thought the Montrez Harrell battle or, or matchup was going to be very bad for him. <laughs> it was not. He uh, he won that battle, not that it was directly one-on-one or anything. Uh, as you said, I think that was, if not the best, among the best performances he's had this year. Uh, now, of course, as, as Nick Nurse mm-hmm. used to say about Norman Powell all the time, let's let's turn it from two out of five to three out of five good games in a row, or good good games. And I think we're... Uh, let me just ask, you know, where are you with the with Sunday in mind? That that's what <laughs> we want. That's what we want from Chris Boucher, what, this, what we got yes. on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Where are you, were you with expecting it? And, uh, you know, his yeah. spot with the Raptors in a, as a whole. On yeah, whole. I think I think with what he has shown in the past and the talent and skills that he has, I feel good about expect. I would feel good about expecting this. However, with the way that this season has gone and, and to be fair, he has had some injuries. He started the season with a hand finger hand injury. I think it was a finger injury. A finger injury. And then he had that really bad fall and he hurt his back and he was dealing with that. So there have been some legitimate things that could have been holding him back. But but even with that, uh, I haven't really been able to figure out why his start was has been so 
not good. And I mean, he knows that clearly. He was benched last week in a game. Um, I think and, a game and a half, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think he had like a one stint in 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 the in the second game there. Uh, and yeah. he's he's talked about it. I mean, it's not like a secret, you know. He said like I have to keep working and show what I can do, and he did that on on Sunday. Um, so I think I feel good about about saying he knows the expect he knows that's what the expectation is and it's you know he needs to do it um i'm a little leery of saying it's gonna happen just because it's been such a weird season but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna roll with chris i'm gonna say this is the start of a a good stretch yeah and roll is actually a pretty key (laughs) word after after the game yesterday uh sunday he said uh you know after you know, he got so focused in on finding his shot, on finding his three, that he almost forgot about the other things he can do. And that's roll to the basket. That's, yeah. you know, present himself as a lob threat. That's, uh, you know, setting screens and, even you know, not necessarily popping out to the, to the arc. It's, you know, cutting on the weak side. And he was very honest in saying he got lost as he tried to mm-hmm. find his shooting touch. And I think it's natural after, you know, he was... I think he only finished at third, not only, but he finished at about 38% from three last year. But there was a while there where it seemed like he was making every one he took. And, you know, you're taught, shooters are taught to keep shooting. And, but that it can't be an expense of everything else you can do. And and Fred, and Chris, I don't think there's a, (laughs) I think Chris and Fred are almost opposites. But, um, um, uh, but Chris Boucher, as a defensive presence, as just like pure activity up and around the rim, can do so much that mm-hmm. you don't want him just hanging out on the three-point line. And another, you know, point in his, you know, to keep in mind is they very purposefully were trying to keep him away from quote-unquote center minutes. And mm-hmm. between the injuries to Kem Birch and Precious Achua and even OG Ananobi, who in some situations would be taken on those, you know, Montrez Harrell types probably um, in lineups with Boucher. Boucher's had to absorb more of those minutes, and, and that's not really where you want him uh, or where the Raptors want him. But, yeah, I, I, I'm very much in line with you in that, like, I need to see it a few games in a row, but uh, that in a, in a matchup that wasn't great on paper, uh, it, it was good to see him come through. Uh, I'm going to let you do the the start of the uh, Delano Batten admiration club uh, because oh yeah, and also had, that was another yeah. thing. Hearing you mentioned OG's name, <laughs> we didn't even talk about the fact that he's out still. <laughs> like yeah, yeah no, there's you, a lot he's, going he's, on. He's good, and it would help if he came back. Would, yeah. uh, hip pointers can really, as I think we mentioned a few weeks ago, f up your life. Yeah, and there's no and they can know, hang can around. Come, for yeah, a long you can come time. back quickly. You can they can bother you for a while. All of which is to say, there's no immediate update. But it sort of seems like the thing, like the same thing as Ken Birch, like. One day we're just going to hear he practiced, and then the next yeah. game he'll play. Yeah. I, I'm guessing. Um, and I, I also think they're they're probably being cautious, as they should with something like that, because what's the point of having a player come back and play one or two games and then further injure themselves and, you know, have to go through a set? Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. So I, yeah. I get it. Um, Delano? 
Delano. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this was before he, I didn't get to see the 905 game because I, I had another call, but apparently he came in and like completely blew that game open, changed everything. Yeah. Um, but he, against the Wizards last night, he only played 15 minutes, but in those 15 minutes, he led the team with a career high six assists. That's so only awesome. one, only one assist for the 905 today. What uh, what's wrong? Well, he, probably he did have 30 points. I was going to say points, he probably needed to focus a little more yeah, on scoring. He had 30 points, 5 rebounds and 4 steals, but only one assist. Wow, I didn't realize he had 30 points today. Yeah, he was wow. all over the place. Okay. He was okay. like like That's what amazing. I said what I said like they were playing defensively the way that like the Raptors sort of want to play. It was very much Delano back. Delano? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, he was, like, among the captains of that chaos-causing crew. Uh, alliteration. That was awesome. Um, Thank you. I meant Delano, but also I do appreciate good alliteration. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I was so excited for him. Uh, I know, like, I, I always want him to play more. I don't always know where those minutes are going to come. And I don't want to answer those questions, so don't ask me if I want him to play more who has to play less. But, uh, yeah, that was just really awesome and exciting and just shows, like, a glimpse into the different things that he can do in his game and the different sides of his game, which continue to surprise me. I think it might have been last week where I said that I wouldn't mind seeing him down with the 905 for a bit just in order to focus on that playmaking, that stuff mm-hmm. in the half court. So uh, as much as Raptors 905 plays in the half court, which doesn't seem <laughs> to be very much. But uh, um, if he keeps on having, and, and that's been the rub, like the bench has been mm-hmm. so unproductive that you can say that and, and you're not really, even if Delano Benton has earned those minutes on merit, you're not really giving up that much from a team perspective. But... If the bench starts to coalesce, and I, I think it's obviously too soon to say that based on, you mm-hmm. know, one or two games, uh, I start to feel differently about that. Uh, but it's good to see Benton stepping into some more jump shots. It's good to see that form looking a bit uh, less herky-jerky, let's say. Uh, yeah, he was good. Malachi Flynn also played in that game. Uh, not as good. He, he had... 21 points on 7 for 21 shooting. He was on, obviously, on the court for most of that 20 nothing go-go start. Listen, it's been um, a while since Malachi. Yeah, yeah, I, and he was, much, he was much better in the second <laughs> half. And I think all things be like fully healthy roster, I'd still love to see Flynn get an extended mm-hmm. shot as the backup point guard. Just because I think you got to find out about the guy. Sure. Like, I, I, I think there's merit in that heading into you know, what will eventually be the second half of his second season, you want more information and you want to know what you need going forward. And, uh, you know, not that we're getting to the end of the season and you're running out in opportunities, but at at some point, especially if Dragic isn't around, uh, you want to get that extended look. Whereas with Banton, even though I believe he's also on a two-year deal, I could be wrong. I, I forget exactly I he, the nature of his of his, his contract. Um, you have just in general more opportunities to get him 
looks, and, and he's got the bigger looks this year. Also, um, what a weird, what a weird start to an NBA season um, for Flynn. You know, like you you get drafted to uh, not quite the defending champs because oh no, they would have been no. I no, get confused. You're, you're there was season, the bubble, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a season behind. Yeah, <sighs> the bubble or and season, yeah, season Tampa. Ahead, season, however you want to put it. The bubble and Tampa are one season in my brain. So yeah, yeah. So so the Raptors were a season removed from having won when and and a very good team. Yeah, a very good team when they drafted Flynn. Flynn didn't even get to like be in Toronto until this year, September. Right? Yeah. Like, what a crazy start to a season. Anyway, uh, to a career. Well, yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Let's get to a few questions. Uh, I put out a call for questions from listeners, uh, which is something I'll do time to time. Uh, DJXS asks, asks, <laughs> asks, is it time for the Raptors fan base to quit moaning about getting a traditional center because it's blatantly clear <laughs> that the organization has no interest whatsoever in getting one? Uh, I, I love the, um, the emotion dripping <laughs> off of this question <laughs> it's like i wrote this question yeah. but i i promise you i did not this um, is not your burner you're not yeah DJXS? yeah okay yeah. no um i uh <laughs> i will say that from a raptors front office perspective and i wrote this uh in a piece i forget off some game or another uh when they had rebounding issues uh to them not having a traditional center some guy who can help them maybe clean up the boards in a more traditional way, but would also necessitate probably playing in a more traditional drop your big back type style. From the Raptors front office perspective, and and this is just me reading into it, they haven't said that, but I think that's a feature, not a bug. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I think, you know, if Nick Nurse were ever, you know, like got antsy and was like, we need to fix this defense as quickly as possible. And the way we're going to do that is by playing a more normal style. Mm -hmm. And that way we're going to help on the glass and and we can maybe funnel more shots to the mid range. I think, and not that nurse would definitely do that. He seems more on board with, with, (laughs) you know, the way they're playing uh, than anybody. But if you have a player like that on the roster, it gives you an opt-out of this strategy, this experiment that they're trying. You know? Oh, I thought and you I, were I thought there was more. I thought you were I thought you were I thought you Well, were I want to leave some room for you to, yeah, to comment. No, I mean, but I, I agree, but as you said, I do think that this is by design in a in a way. Um yeah. and so yeah, I, I, I would say 
uh, part of being a sports fan is moaning about what your team does because you you get emotionally invested, as you should. Um, But yeah, I don't think you should expect it to change, is what I would say. Yeah, and I I think that goes back to what a lot of the questions we're going to get this year are. And if you want another opportunity to ask me questions, uh, I'm going to put out a mailbag call soon. so you can find that on The Athletic. I'll, I'll tweet a link to Where you uh, should subscribe. the submission form. Yeah, very good. Um, <laughs> but that goes back to what are we doing here and what are we doing for it for? Are we do? Are we like? Is this a question find... about the Raptors or is this a question about humankind? Because no, I'm not getting, I'm not getting into that. Um, <laughs> I, I watched the left as Holly is referring to. I watched the left five episodes of the Leftovers on Saturday. It left Mm-mm. me in a very weird headspace going into Sunday's game. Uh, yeah. Okay. For the record, not... before he started the show, I told him. Really not didn't like you. it. I, not for you. I didn't say it was not for you. I said just like a heads up. I was recommended the show. Um, I tried it. I gave it my best effort. Like I really tried. Watched the first season. Had to bail at an undetermined point in the second because we're not going to spoil anything that's happening or not happening. Yeah. Not that the reason I left would be any reason that you would leave. Uh, yeah. or, or, or I don't anticipate you not watching. But I said... I hated the show <laughs> and I usually find redeeming qualities and my only redeeming quality was, well, I guess I didn't really have one. Did I have any redeeming qualities? Justin Thoreau is handsome. Oh, I didn't even say he was handsome. I just said he's shirtless a lot. So I guess that's like a plus. Uh, I struggled with that one. Like, there wasn't, I didn't like, I didn't, anyway, I didn't like the show. I just told him, curious to see what you think. And he said, oh, I'm gonna love it. So. And I do like it. Um, (laughs) But it leaves me feeling uneasy. Similar to uh, another show, Rectify, uh, which was a lot slower than than this show. Oh, Um, man, that must be uh, slow then. See, I I don't find the leftovers slow. Um... Anyway, uh, but lots of similar <laughs> themes in, in what it means to live, just be. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't think, like, the, I don't know what this, we really need to get back to basketball, I know, but I don't know why I'm drawn to this shit. I don't know why I'm drawn to, like, questions that I think about enough on my own. Because like, you're a beating heart and you want to know that you're not alone in thinking about these things. Yeah, but it does make me feel worse. Yeah. Like I know it's going to make me feel worse. <laughs> yeah. But I but I it's like I still can't stop myself. Anyway, uh brains watch and it, humans are it. complex. Yeah. I'm um, I'm going to I'm going to, you know, not give a full take until I'm done with it, but I I can't help myself. You point. know what else is complex? Injuries. And our next question. Thank you. Or thank you. How amazing um, was that? Was from uh, Chris Luko? Le- yeah, Chris Lukowitz. Luka. Uh, he's, oh, uh, he's oh you know my... this person. Well, he uh, he tweets at me fairly often, and he's uh, he's always very kind and very uh, thoughtful, I think. So, oh, that's uh, so nice. I'm sorry I, I that I didn't... His na- I learned his name for him in response to well, that. <laughs> now I feel like a jerk, so you take over. Go ahead. Uh, he, he asks, it seems the Raptors have a lot more injuries slash a lot more, or have been a lot more cautious uh, now than during the Demar, Kawhi, and Lowry window, am I misremembering, or is there a lot? Is there a low key tank still going on? Um, I can remember some injuries. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say in the first year, the surprise season that started the run, so 13-14 when they ended up losing to the Nets, part of their success, and as we tried to figure out on the run how sustainable this was mm-hmm. going to be, was that the starting lineup was extremely healthy. I, I think, like, I did, I remember doing a story yeah. at the end of the year uh, and I let's try to remember the starting lineup. Uh, Kyle, Demar, Terrence, Jonas uh, was Amir the starting four. I think so. Um, and they had missed like a combined ten or twelve games as we were into like game seventy five of the season or something like that. And so they were one of the healthier teams in the league, and that was a major factor. But if you go on through throughout time, like you can't say there were. You know, they were not cautious with Kawhi, certainly. Mm-hmm. He was he was invoked in this question. They were more than cautious with Kawhi. Um, we had some Kyle ankle injuries even We in had the some post-season. Kyle ankle Remember injuries. Remember the we had DeMar? Some Kyle finger injuries. We had a Kyle back injury, uh, Remember I the DeMar when he slipped and it was his Yeah, head? against Dallas. That was awful. Uh, he he oh. missed 16. They freaking signed Damari Carroll, and he was pretty much injured for the entire time. Fred Van Vliet uh, has missed some large sections over his career. Most notably, uh, this was not any part of a low-key tank or, or whatever, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when he took a bam at a bio screen in game 82 oh, as they screened. That was the worst. As he tried, as the Raptors tried to win six, uh, 60 games and failed and lost Fred Van Vliet for the better part of the first five games of the playoffs. That yeah. was not great. Uh, we can keep on talking about it. No, um, but I think I think the I think yes, you're misremembering, but there is a reason why you're misremembering, and I think it is because of that season you're talking about, where they had such amazing health, and there was so much talk about the Raptors' uh, support staff and medical staff, and I think Alex McKechnie's yeah, shoelaces. I, yeah, but there was one wasn't. I was at the. I can't remember what season it was, but their staff like won the award and like won the award for like the best therapy training staff. And then they were. I think also, John Lee maybe specifically won that. But I anyway. feel like there was two. I feel like he specifically won an award, and then there was also like a team thing that is kind of yeah that's given each year. I'll I'll have to f- look that up because now I'm curious if I am misremembering. But yeah, I totally get why you would feel like that because there was a lot made of the health of the team and the continuity and all of that. But um, I think that when we look at what actually happened, (laughs) um, yeah, there have been, there have always been injuries and there's always been, you're always cautious with certain injuries and certain players, just depending on the injury and the player and the situation. Is there a low key tank going on? I don't think that. I think it's that this team's, the, the ceiling for this team this season is different than the ceiling of, a championship team, you know? So players yeah. themselves, there may be more of a pull to come back if you, <laughs> you know, see, see the end and, and see that the end could be you holding holding that gold golden ball, ball as <laughs> the one and only Kyle Lowry <laughs> was often to to say. Um, but yeah, I don't think that, I, I think it's a bit of both. I think that it's easy to forget some of those injuries because also who likes remembering injuries? And also this the expectations and the ceiling on this team is different than ones in years past. Yeah, and like, I think you're exactly right. It's not a low-key tank, but like they will just be more cautious because there's less 
value in each individual win from a team mm-hmm. perspective, um, then like development is so much more important than a win. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you consider that tanking, and I don't, but because you know the the pressure uh, and the importance has shifted, you know, ten percent, fifteen percent from now to later. I don't think that's the definition of a tank, but it will result in them being more cautious. Right. Um, but saying that, like, Yuta Watanabe was out for seven weeks with a stra- strained calf. Gary Trent was out for two games with mm-hmm. a calf injury. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're doing the same thing with every injury. Like, they're treating it as they see fit. And I, I think if they see risk of re-injuring or or if there's a pain tolerance that can't Mm -hmm. be played through they're going to err on the side of caution and i think that we could say that maybe they're doing that you know slightly more than they might have in previous seasons but i don't think that's one and the same as a low-key tank thanks for being nice chris i love hearing about people on the internet being nice um we have a bunch more things to talk about here, but I think we're going to have to save a few of them for next week. Shout out we to do, Mar- but we can't we can't leave out Jonas Valanciunas scoring 39. And where did those 39 points come from? Well, seven of them, se- sorry, 21 of them, math is not my strong suit, 21 of them came from beyond the three-point line in the first half. Holly, I have two words for you. Culture reset. <laughs> Oh, I miss JV. He's so uh, I I, th- I remember in, in one of the playoff games against the Wizards, the headline to my story was Jonas Valanciunas is the culture reset," uh, and I was very <laughs> I was very pleased with that. Thanks to Masaya Jerry for saying those two words, and which were never actually defined. Still don't know what the culture reset was, <laughs> but uh, it's fun to talk about culture, huh? Um, uh, also, I wanted I, I'm only mentioning this because I think. It would mean a lot to you. Did you hear Chris Boucher give Ray Chow a shout out after the game? <gasps> no. No, no oh. he was like, Ray Chow. So he's like one of the team therapists. Uh, masseuse, by the way, I'm going to get a massage after this this podcast is over. I'm excited about that. But not with But he Ray. said it not with Ray. Uh, that would be he a does, He does live in the same general area as I do. Uh, saw him We're at learning no so much about you. Saw, saw him at No Frills once, a conscientious ah. shopper. You have to love it. Um, Did you I talk to him? To, this was like a year and a half ago, maybe, wow. but uh, I thought we we exchanged. <laughs> By saying we exchanged words, it sounds like it was like a confrontation <laughs> rather than yes, like we talked briefly. I um, would be so excited to see Ray Chow at No Frills or anywhere because he's the type of person that when you see him, immediately whatever room you're in, even the Raptors' darkly lit locker room, brightens. He's just anyway, sunshine. Yeah, he recommended a pre-game meditation to Chris Boucher, according to Boucher, oh, because like there's so that. much activity going on with Boucher. Uh, uh, I, I guess the reasoning was let's just calm you down, Slow it and, down yeah. and and let your mind be at ease before you start cycling through all these options when you're out there. So, I, I mean, I'm not going to... Again, I don't think A causes B, but it, it's nice to know that uh, good people are having positive effects on uh, players. Uh, That's fantastic. I love Ray. You love Ray. Who doesn't? Yeah, he's one of my favorite people in the organization. 
Um, yeah. Also, so, I just love when players shout out the support staff like by name because so often there's so many people that are involved with getting these players ready to hit the court every time you watch them and cheer for them um, who don't get a lot of shine and know that they aren't going to get attention or recognition that I love when a player takes the time to like shout a person out by name. It's nice. Yeah, so like we talk about Alex McCackney a lot and not undeservedly, but John Lee, uh, Amanda, I can never pronounce her last name, Joachim, I believe. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced your name, Amanda. Uh, Ray Chow, like they're doing a lot they of... They have a the, whole staff, yeah. Yeah, they're doing a lot of like the super physical stuff with players under McCackney's direction a lot of the time. And they're the people who are helping the players feel as good as possible. So shouts out to them. Uh, let's wrap this up. Oklahoma City on Wednesday. Who's going to play? Will they lose by 73? <laughs> who knows? Uh, but hopefully we see both Shea, Gilchrist Alexander, and Ludort. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big big Canada basketball few days because on Friday we get the New York Knicks. I know. Our big week. Jay Barrett uh, get a weekend off, followed by a back-to-back at home against Sacramento to end the seven-game trip in Brooklyn on Tuesday. We'll probably talk to you later in the week next week, just as a product of having a Monday-Tuesday back-to-back. Uh, you have here, what will the record of the homestand be? I'm going to say, so they're at 2-2 two and two right now, I'm going to say 4-3. and three. I'm going to say they beat the Thunder and the Knicks before a loss to the Kings, just because, like, they, doesn't it seem like they lose to the Kings at home a lot? I uh, like even they're gonna I, sweep. I, okay, all right. That's that's what I think. Well, I did say five and two was good. Four and three was acceptable. So, despite losing that Memphis game, which I had in there as one of those wins, they are in position to be uh, acceptable or better on this homestand. I think they will be better, and I think next week we will talk about a lot of things, but I think we will mention that Boucher is rounding the corner. I've come around to now thinking I'm down You've with... yourself into it? Yes, I have. Knowing that he gave the shout-out to Ray, and that he's meditating... <laughs> the, the vibes. <laughs> that the vibes. he's meditating The vibes pre-game. are immaculate. The vibes are here. I'm with it. Let's go, Chris. Let's go uh, he's, maybe he'll be rounding the corner like the Raptors are trying to round off screens, which is a Ooh. new n- nursism, which I enjoy. Uh, basically, all it means is we don't want to allow straight line drives <laughs> to the basket. We want to make those paths wider than possible so the help has less distance to go and to return uh, to their initial assignment. Why I yeah. felt the need to get the, in, that in there, I don't know. Uh, just different Nick nursisms bouncing around my brain all the time. Um, yeah, the Raptors have had some good uh, good coach quotes over the years. Dwayne Casey used to have the best n- yeah. weird sayings. Nick has think, his own great sayings. Yeah, they're both Rudy Tomjanovich Award winners uh, as the coaches who marry on-court success with on-court, off-court with dealing generosity with us, yeah. and patience <laughs> with the media. Uh, and both deservedly so. Before um, we before we go, I'm just I need to once again do another Raptors former Raptors shout out, and uh, I love I love that I say shout out as though they're listening to this. Like Demar Derozan is. Demar, listening I mean to Demar this. texted me last night that he was looking forward to the episode today. So. <laughs> oh, if only. Um, shout out to Demar Derozan, the NBA's fourth quarter leading scorer this season. Chicago had big wins over the Knicks and the Nets. 
Um, and yeah, I love Damar and I love Zach Levine and I am bursting at the seams with joy for both of them. And also for uh, Chicago fans, because that's got to be awesome. Yeah, fun team. Tim Bonton of ESPN uh, did his annual, or is doing his annual, sort of spoil ESPN content. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, like, does a poll at, like, each quarter point, kind of, about MVP, and I just kept DeMar off there. Um, but he, he's got to be in the top ten right now, I would say. Do you want to yeah, hear my been... top five? I'll give away my I've... top five. Uh Giannis is my one, Curry is my two, Durant three, Jokic four, Paul five. Wow. I think Jokic has probably been the best overall player, but he's yeah. also like 200 minutes behind the top guys. I The only thing that surprised me was him being in fourth and not at least third. That's yeah. my only clip. Was mean, the, who was the fifth person, sorry? Chris Paul. Okay. Okay, um, yeah. You could put Demar there. You can put a bunch of guys there. Um, yeah, no, Chris has been great, especially in those fourth yeah. quarters when the when the Suns went on an eighteen game winning streak. Yeah, snapped in Golden State. Uh, yeah, okay. We better shut up and uh, say goodbye because my back needs massaging. Um, <laughs> Holly, I hope you can get some rest and uh, enjoy the week to come. Thank you as always for joining me. Thank you for having me and to everyone listening. Uh, yes, thank you listeners. We'll talk to you probably middle of next week where we're hopefully talking about a Raptors team that is above 500. Who knows? Uh, at least a pro- at 500 maybe. Uh, they would need to go 3-1 and one, I guess. So if they sweep this uh, these, the rest of the homestand and lose in Brooklyn, they would be at 500. So we'll see. Uh, thank you for listening. See ya!